Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. Happy New Year, everyone watching, and thank you for joining us today. As we have a lot to cover, including the Pistons, they're headed to Disney World. That's right, they won. <laughs> Heck yeah, baby! Oh yeah, and uh, Wemby also got put on a poster, everybody, by John Morant. Uh, plus, we have a deal: Raphael, the Knicks, and the Raptors coming mm-hmm. to terms, and we also got to cover injuries, schedules, buy low, sell high, all that and more on the Roto World Basketball Show. That is Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports in the middle, splitting up myself, Von Delza, and Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports. I want to say, Happy New Year, Raphael. I know you probably got buck wild on the New Year, man. You probably went to a great Gatsby party, played Twister, <laughs> stayed up till 12.01 on the dot, then went to bed. Uh, how was it's your New Year? It's funny that you had mentioned a great Gatsby because I absolutely hated that book in high school. <laughs> like, I love reading, but I'm better. big on – Yeah. I didn't even watch a movie. Like – I'm big on reading and watching things that I can identify with. And, well, I don't have to tell too much of that story to let you know that I didn't identify with a doggone thing in that book. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going to work. But as for the new year, um, thank you. Happy New Year to you guys as well. But um, I just hung out at home. As soon as that Magic Suns game ended, it's like, all right, sit around for a little bit and go to bed. Yeah, You guys I do mean- anything? No, it's way more than I did, man. I was yeah. I stayed up till probably like ten thirty, and I was like, "All right, I'm mm-hmm. good." <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in twenty twenty four. I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I joked with you till twelve oh one, Raphael, but I made it to twelve right. ten. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah, didn't make it very late. I uh, woke up. I was yeah. like, you know, my new my thirties and my new years in twenty twenty four. It's going to be exciting, and mm-hmm. I was like every other year, just like we should expect. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like we all had a restful. New Year's yeah. Eves, uh, we are ready to go in 2024, uh, as are the Detroit Pistons, guys. Um, you know, I, I want to tell a quick story because, actually, I, I lied. I'm not sure if the Pistons and the Raptors played on New Year's. They played after that, I believe. Um, uh, was it, it, right, it was right before. December maybe right before, I think. Yes, yes, because it was, um, my, it was my brother's birthday, okay, so the 30th. Mm-hmm. So it was that same night. I wanted to double-check to make sure uh, I'd have my days twisted. But we're going to bowling alley, all right? It's a very cheap bowling alley. You know, the ones where all the balls are marked up and it's cold yeah. in there. Uh, so we're there bowling. And he turns to me and says, the Pistons and Raptors are tied with nine minutes left. Go bet the Pistons. <laughs> and I said, listen, I have lost too much money on the Detroit Pistons the last two <laughs> weeks to run and bet them. He tells me the Raptors are nobodies. But, hey, my brother nailed it. The Pistons mm-hmm. got their win. They almost beat the Celtics, Raphael, plus 830 odds, which I had them too, yeah. so I was still upset about that one. Do the Detroit Pistons ever win a game again? I think they will. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny that the following game, they went to Houston and got blown out. It's like nobody's watching <laughs> oh, you anymore. Knew that was going to happen. We just go <laughs> yeah. back to what we were doing. Yeah. It's we like, had our championship. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the big question is that – we talked about it last week – is that 72-73 Sixers team. Um, their record nine and seventy-three. Um, fewest wins in the eighty-two game season. I think that's still within reach for the Pistons. Like obviously they're not going to try to achieve that, but you know what I'm saying here. That's a really bad basketball team. Like that, uh, holy cow. Like that uh, kind of lost for words at this point. That 
how poorly they've played since getting off that two and one start, man, uh, God, no. Yeah. I mean, all jokes aside, this is definitely one of the worst teams we've, we've yeah. ever witnessed play basketball, but uh, I mean, you can't look away, Dan, you have to watch. Uh, I mean, it's that entertaining still. I'm I'm locked in the Raptors or uh, Rockets minus 10 and a half against the Pistons. They're up by 22 in the third quarter. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Pistons might make this close. And I'm like, but they're really bad. It's just amazing every time. So uh, what do you make of this? Were you, uh, are you proud the Detroit Pistons? Uh, to, to some degree, I am proud because they avoided tying <laughs> the all-time record in North American sports for a losing streak at 29. It was the Chicago Cardinals, and I didn't even know who the hell they were. I was like, all right, who, who the heck is this? It's actually the Arizona Cardinals. 1942 to 1945, they did not win a game. Three seasons, and the Pistons are going to actually be in that same realm. Like, that's crazy how bad of a team this is. Um, the other thing I was looking at was, like, Monty's comments after the game. I'm like, he said that people were cheering as if, like, he's never seen it before in all of his NBA career. I'm like, what? He said he was tearing up. I'm like, come on, man. This is a bad that situation either way as bad as it is i am feeling good about jalen duran this dude's had seven straight double doubles um it's not a surprise to me that they got their first win with him back in the lineup like he just raises their floor there's a better team that can protect the rim he gets rebounds he's 34th over the last two weeks so you know assuming he can stay healthy i think that they'll eke out a couple more wins but i think it's funny and we'll revisit this at the end i see some books have their win total at 11 and a half so I feel like they're going to, but I mean, the books think that they're not going to be the worst team of all time. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the there. I mean, I can understand the comments, Dan, because like, so much stress was probably relieved and taken off their shoulders after getting that win. And you go right back yeah. and getting smacked up on the road to Houston. But we expected that. I mean, it's going to be hard to maintain wins for Detroit when you look at their schedule. I mean, yeah, they get Utah tonight. But they're at Golden State, at Denver, Sacramento, San Antonio, Houston, Washington. So even the games against San Antonio and Washington are going to be difficult games for the Detroit Pistons moving forward. Um, but if you guys have no other comments on who to pick up on Detroit, which I'm sure is a roulette board. Yeah, Raphael said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Describe that great, a roulette board. That's yeah, because I, I think the one thing you're kind of hoping as a fantasy manager is that the rotation solidifies now that they've won a game. Um, because it, we'll talk about Osar Thompson later in the show, but he's become a difficult player where managers are thinking, do I hold on to him in hopes for silly season or do I drop him? Because the minutes have been too volatile recently. Boyan Bogdanovich really isn't giving people what we expect from him. Doesn't give you much defensively, which makes the offense that much more important. And that's kind of fallen off recently. So I think besides Duran and Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, I guess, but other than that, it's like there really isn't much to pick from here. No, yeah, you're you're picking from scraps when it comes to Detroit Pistons at this point in the waiver wire if you don't have Cater Duran. So I'm with you there. Before we talk about your Knicks uh, and that Raptors trade, which surprised me, Raphael, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, um, I want to ask you guys: uh, if Victor Wembanyama jumps, does John Moran catch that body, or is John Moran on his behind? I still feel like he would have caught it. I don't know. I think that that was just a move like, I don't know, maybe Wemby's never seen that kind of twitchiness, but the way he got uh, up that quick, like, whew, that was tough. He definitely thought it was a floater before he dunked. Like, yeah. by the time he dunked, it was too late to realize all he was going to dunk that. That that dribble slash hop step right before he took off was what caught him off guard, I think. Yeah. He got him off mm-hmm. balance a little bit. Look, nobody's surprised that Jock tried it. I asked on Twitter, like, what what time in the game is he going to try to do this? Because you knew <laughs> if anybody in the NBA is going to try to put that man on the poster, it's John Morant, and he did it. You know, so good for him. You know, good for the Grizzlies playing better basketball. They've got some injury issues on the back end of the rotation, but their main guys at this point, you know who they are, fancy. So you're good to go if you have Ja, um, Bain, Marcus Smart being back, and then Jaron Jackson Jr., of course. Didn't shoot well last night, but three steals and four blocks. Mm. I mean, that more than counters a three or 14 night from the field. So, 
Yeah, seven stocks will definitely get you done. And like you said, you said the core four there for Memphis. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that Morant's back, we know the identity of Memphis. They're playing much better basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And glad that dunk happened in Memphis, uh, not San Antonio, too, which was (laughs) pretty cool for the home crowd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, I want your opinions on this uh, trade before we let Raphael give his bias and unbiased opinions on Knicks and Raptors. Uh, So if you haven't heard, the Knicks received OG Anuobi, Precious Achua, and Malik, uh, Malachi Flynn, excuse me. The Raptors got R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, which really shocked me, and a 2024 second-round pick via the Detroit Pistons, which should be the first pick uh, in the second round. So, one, I want to ask you, what does that do for Emmanuel Quickly and his future's odds for, you know, he was the favorite for sixth man of the year. What's his role going to be like with his team? R.J. Barrett is obviously excited to be back in Canada, his home country. Uh, so your thoughts in general? Um, I think it's the biggest winner is Emmanuel Quickly. He started the first game, had 28 minutes, scored, what, 14.6 boards, had a couple of steals. I think he was very aggressive. And I think this is going to be a great moment if you picked him up in fancy. I know he was one of those guys that was becoming on that drop list in 12-team leagues because he wasn't getting enough minutes, and that's exactly what he's going to get in Toronto. Reports are already coming out that they're going to take the time, that being the Raptors, to figure out what this young core looks like, and that young core definitely includes quickly. So I think this is good for him. OG Ananobi, I think it's also good for him too because the Knicks have been wanting to get a guy that can actually play defense and knock down corner threes as well as shoot efficiently. He's really good at the rim. I think this is a perfect person to to land on a Tom Thibodeau squad. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed with Ananobi. I have him in a couple of spots. He's been a top 100 guy this year, but you drafted him way higher than that. Um, I think if we can continue to get what he, what he, how he played in the Knicks debut, I think we're going to have, you know, closer to that top 60, you know, maybe a top even 50 guy. Um, So I feel really good about OG and RJ Barrett. He had a good game. It's kind of hard to tell. I would say like whether I fully trust him, but he had a good game, 21 points, nine boards, if his role continues, maybe he likes playing under his home country, fan favorite. I could see him being at least hold-worthy in fantasy, but his skill set still doesn't lend itself to, to be that effective in fantasy. So I hold him, I guess. I'm still looking for the consistency from three from R.J. Barrett, uh, something that you know we saw a few games this year with the Knicks where he's really taken off. But I, I love what the Knicks got back, uh, Rafael. I think OG and Precious fit the Knicks' build. Uh, what they do mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. Not expecting much from Malachi Flynn as he's been shopped around a, a few times. But uh, what was your reaction when you saw the trade go down as a fan and how are you feeling a few days later? I was surprised. Um, you know, you've got two homegrown players in, in Barrett and Quickly. I think that was part of the initial reaction from some people, the initial negative reaction. But OG Ananobi fit, fits a, fills a, a clear need for that team right now. You know, they needed a 3 and D wing. Like the entire NBA is searching for 3 and D wings. It's like one of the big talking points every draft, every draft season. Like, you know, who's who's going to get – who's going to be that next elite 3 and D guy? I think OG's on, on the path to be that type of player. Um, Precious, he only played nine minutes against Minnesota. I'm not expecting too much rim, but he can be helpful there um, to either the four or the five. I would keep an eye on if he sees more minutes, what happens with Josh Hart's minutes at the four. Um, I think he's undersized. He's definitely tough enough to do it, but I don't think you want him to be exclusively a four in that rotation if you're looking to make a move in the East. Like Dan said, the big fantasy winner is Emmanuel Quickly here. Um, Being in a starting role, having the ball in his hands a bit more, you see how he works off of Scotty Barnes, a good catch-and-shoot option. So I think it'll help there too. Malachi Flynn, I think what's important to note here is that shortly after that trade was consummated, they signed Miles McBride to a three-year, $13 million deal. So I think it's pretty clear that he's going to be the first choice to back up uh, Jalen Brunson. Flynn really hasn't done much in, in term fantasy or real basketball since being a first-round pick. So I'm not expecting anything there. And that first, that second-round pick is pretty much like a low-carb first-round. Like you mentioned, Detroit's going to be like, that first or second pick of the second round. And we've seen early second round picks in recent years kind of earn guaranteed deals and whatnot. So that's another attractive piece for Toronto to either, you know, add another young player or maybe package it somewhere else um, to, to improve their, the core that they're trying to build out there around Scotty Barnes. 
It sounds like we all, yeah, building around Scotty Barnes is the future for Toronto. And it sounds like, I mean, we all agree that a deal had to be coming for Toronto at some point last year. Second half of the year felt like things were going to be changing for them moving forward into this season. And now we see that transpiring. A little surprising to me that the Knicks did make a deal, but given that they're, you know, a few games over 500, uh, you'd rather change it up now and also mm-hmm. give Jalen Brunson. You had too many guards, Raphael. The Knicks had too yeah. many guards. Uh, and, you know, Josh Hart now can back up Brunson a little more if they want. And I feel like that's going to be a benefit to this team, too. So I'm excited uh, to see what on, the Knicks do. What What's do you up? think that this does for quickly is six man market? Like, do you think he'll get more steam now because he's going to be starting? So, like, his numbers are going to look better because like, there's always that, like, I don't know. I feel like Lou Williams was six man of the year plenty of times when he was playing really starters minutes, even though he's coming off the bench. So I don't I'm curious to see how that plays out. This is- what my take yeah. for Emmanuel quickly looks like it's a zombie. It's dead. It's yeah, because he's you have to. I think okay. you have to start. You have to come off the bench for more games than you start. Um, they don't mm-hmm. give like a specific number, but that's pretty much what you have to do in order to have a chance to win that award. So, unless they're going to go back to Dennis Schroeder, which I don't know why they would do that at this point. I think Quickly's market for six man of the year has gone by the wayside, but he probably stands to earn more money in free agency as a starter than coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah, I mean, certainly contract standpoint, that worked out for mm-hmm. IQ, and it will work out for him. But, uh, yeah, no, I already thought about now how I have to hedge this out because quickly he's done for. <laughs> Not even – I mean, I figured what Raphael said because he turned us on to the Morant MVP and why he's not eligible. So similar mm-hmm. situation here. Um, so, yeah, I agree fully. And even if he was eligible, I don't think the Raptors, he would do enough off the bench for a Raptors team to make a difference uh, this season to win the award. Um, but we got a lot of bench players that might make a difference for the Miami Heat guys. Uh, there's a lot of people running with an injury bug out there. We got Jimmy Butler, Haywood Highsmith, Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson. I mean, all these guys are dealing with something that they're either out tonight, questionable tonight, or, uh, you know, day to day. So, Rafael, I'll start with you. What is the current thoughts? What are your thoughts on the current state of the Heat, I should say? Are there any waiver wire options? I don't think there's much difference now than what there was like a couple weeks ago. Um, guys like Jaime Hockey's Jr., Duncan Robinson, those are the main ones you're going to be targeting here. Um, I know that Kyle Lowry, I think Kyle Lowry has a pretty high ranking, but if you actually watch them play, you know that that's a serious mirage in terms of. Um, what he's done. I think he may be just outside the top 100, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 110, um, basketball monster. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way, man. You actually – you watched Ain't you watched no him way. play recently, and you look at his stat lines. He's not a 10th-round player. I'm sorry. Um, even, if you, even if he remains healthy with Jimmy out, I can't see it. So I don't see him being someone that you're going to add, even though he's – below 40% rostered, um, fancy managers know what the deal is there. So I think Hakez, Duncan Robinson, those are the guys you're going to be going after because you're not going to get Hero or Bam at this point. No. Dan, anything worth adding? Any other players you have your eyes on in Miami? No, I think Duncan Robinson's probably the most attainable of them. He's just went under 50% rostered, so he's probably available in shallow leagues. I doubt Jaime Jaquez is out there at 65%, but um, I think, yeah, this is really just benefits Duncan Robinson um, in the short term until Caleb Martin gets back, but I know that they're going through it, and it doesn't sound like – I think the x-rays were negative on Jimmy Butler's, Jimmy Butler's foot, but there still wasn't a clear timetable for his return, so um, – yeah, I wrote about it earlier this week. I think Duncan Robinson has some staying power in fantasy, uh, just given all the injuries that are going on. I have to agree with there. It's, it's kind of slim pickings in Miami as far as the waiver yeah. wire because they have the core players as well. Um, you know, and I want to I want to <clears throat> promo something for you of the show because we're going to be doing a a white elephant giveaway that we talked about last week. You guys will get your gifts from me, and I'll get my <laughs> gifts from you. Uh, but I'm a little jealous that Raphael got his gift on a Knicks trade a little early, a little surprise gift for Christmas because uh, Zach Levine is still with the Bulls, guys. I mean, what the heck? Um, I thought that we would have a trade by now. Uh, now Kobe White, he's injured. Uh, he got an ankle injury on top of a wrist injury that wasn't talked mm-hmm. about too much. But he went 0 for 5 from 3 last night, so that wrist was definitely bothering him. We got pa- Patrick Williams, too, the Paul, dealing with an ankle injury as well. So, 
I mean, whose turn is it to get picked up on the Bulls, Dan, and then dropped a week later? Who are we picking up and dropping? Uh, for right now, I would drop Pat Williams. Um, he did sustain an ankle injury. And if Zach Levine's going to be coming back in about a week, you don't, you're not going to have much value for Patrick Williams anymore. So I think he would be the drop for me. Do want to see what's up with Kobe White and his ankle injury. I think Alex Caruso is someone that's going to benefit there. But, um, you know, long-term, I would still hold on to Kobe White as long as possible. I think a Zach Levine trade is inevitable at this point, and I think it will actually help him getting back on the court once, you know, potential teams can see what he looks like off that injury. I think they'll, we'll probably see something before the trade deadline gets up because they're better without him, and he doesn't want to be there. So I think it makes sense uh, for both both parties to kind of find a, do, a different situation. Yeah, Chicago's won uh, five of the last eight games, uh, six of the last ten. They've certainly played better basketball with Kobe White at the helm uh, rather than Zach Levine, which has been interesting to say the least, but we'll see where that lasts. Oh, one thing to that. Uh, Vucevic is going to be missing a, a minute. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We were, we, were, we, were, we were shitting on Andre Drummond like two weeks ago, and now look at Andre Drummond. He's like a guy that you need to add in fantasy now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's slim pickings at the at the full power forward and center position for Chicago. I mean, some I talked about the beginning of the year. I think they uh, may have got Adama Sonogo some minutes. Uh, so, you know, we're at that point in the season now. It's silly season in Chicago already, apparently. <laughs> Raphael, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, are you looking at anybody like a, a Terry Taylor, a Dale and Terry, uh, Javon Carter, Io DeSumo, Alice Caruso? You don't want any of those I mean- guys? Caruso for sure, like forty three percent roster, just just outside the top one hundred. He's gonna he's the obvious pickup right now. If you're gonna pick yeah. up anyone, um, Io Dasumi may may see more minutes, but he's just been a little too inconsistent for me. So I wouldn't go there. Um, yeah, it, it's basically just Alex Caruso. Um, and then Zach Levine comes back. I think if you're a Bulls fan. You're hoping he kind of explodes early just to show that he's healthy and productive because, man, that contract isn't going to be easy to get off of, but it's quite clear that things need to change there. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to be able to see what Kobe White can do running the show by himself instead of just kind of having to stand off to the side and watch two ball-dominant ISO players have the ball instead of just one. Uh, DeRozan has worked well off of those guys. Um, Obviously, he had the prior point guard experience in San Antonio that may be serving him well here in Chicago during this stretch. But you can't have him and Levine and all those other guys out there because few too many of them just turn into spectators. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's it's a chemistry-wise, having that many ball-dominant guys on a team that doesn't play defense is never going to uh, work out in the favor of that team. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go moving forward. I want to deal that. I want to deal soon. And I think that they're going to send him to a team that benefits uh, Dan's white elephant gift. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that one. A little, uh, little very excited to hear what this is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, What else is going to be good is the PGA tour guys. Uh, It tees off in Hawaii this week as the golf's biggest stars hit the links. Lahainu. It's the century, and you can watch Thursday through Sunday on NBC, the Golf Channel, and Peacock. So tune in for some PGA golf. It's going to be a good time, man. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, I haven't played some golf in a while, and uh, that's probably for the best because 
your boy is bad, man. I'm, I'm talking like 107 bad last time I played. Uh, actually, I'm probably being probably being nice. It's more like 117. But uh, Kevin Durant, this second straight pick. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant, let's talk about him. Uh, he missed another game. Uh, Raphael, whose time is it in Phoenix? Shockingly, it may be Chemezi Metu time. Um, he's played well the last few games. I think we've been kind of waiting for some of those supplementary like forwards to kind of step forward and separate themselves. You know, whether you talk about him or Kata Bates-Diop, even Josh Okoge is more of like a two-slash-three. Metsu's kind of, you know, he's been good. Obviously, the performance against Dallas, who's like 23 and 19, you weren't, you aren't expecting that from him. But I think he's proven to be a solid um, option for depth, and maybe you can take a run for him in deeper leagues right now. Um, but the thing is, you got Bradley Beal, you got Devin Booker. Those guys, those guys aren't going to do too much. So Metsu is probably the closest thing in terms of like a worthwhile gamble in a deep league format right now. How's your opinions? Uh, on, what's your opinions, Dan, on the Phoenix situation right now? As Raphael mentioned, Bradley Beal back definitely changes some things. He got a uh, three games under his belt um, in Phoenix. Let's see how that goes. Week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, Grayson Allen's probably mostly owned in, in deep league, so it, it'd probably be a shallow league ad there, 60%. I'm still – I don't know that I'm ready to go there with Shemezi Metu yet because I think it's interesting that Bull Bull has entered the rotation and he played pretty well in 20 minutes the other night. Uh, Raph doesn't believe in Bull, but I feel like at least if he I- could take 18 to 20 minutes – in Either way, I doubt I'm going to be picking up either of them, but if, deeply. If I, had a, yeah. if I had a penalty flag to throw at the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you don't I believe you, in goal I, goal? I hope you're right. No. <laughs> I hope you're I'm, right, but it just, it just feels like that comment that Fran Fraschilla had about Bruno Caboclo years ago during the draft. He's like, he's two years away being two years away it feels like we this feels like we're just waiting for bull bull to kind of you know make good on that promise he showed during his limited time at oregon um injuries were an issue early on and a lack of opportunity but i don't know it just says something that orlando was so willing to move off of him when they had a young roster full of unproven guys so hopefully you can get it done in phoenix but i'm not too optimistic about that yeah. I do feel like Orlando had a ton of bigs um, when Bull Bull was there, so it was definitely yeah. hard to shine. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no more than five minutes in any game up until this Portland game. And Bull Bull gets 20 minutes, drops 11 yeah. points, and nine rebounds. Dan, tell Rafael, put some respect on Bull Bull's name, man. Come on, guys. Yeah, I'm not I'm ready to go that far. I'm just saying, yeah. I feel like I, I'm not ready to go there on Shemezi Metu because of that. Yeah, fact mm-hmm. that Bobo might actually get minutes with Durant out, but we'll see. Yeah. It doesn't look like this is a long term thing for Durant. Um, I saw Devin Booker had a a media a media soundbite today that was saying like he just needed some games off. He's been shouldering a lot of the load with Bradley Beal mm-hmm. out, so I feel like we'll see Kevin Durant back at least by you know if not tonight, Wednesday, worst case like by Friday. Yeah. Like so this shouldn't be a problem that continues. Wednesday night, you shouldn't be streaming Shemezi Metu anyway. It's a, yeah, too big of a slate. Yeah. Like, you, you ain't got to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. So uh, it's no one's time in Phoenix, it sounds like, then. Uh, <laughs> if it's not Bull Bulls, it's not anybody's. Let's get that out there. Uh, but <laughs> let's talk about – let's go from Phoenix to Dallas. Uh, from the team they can't beat, uh, the Dallas Mavericks got blown out, though, they by can. the Utah Jazz guys. Uh, we were talking last week about Dante Exum and how great he's been and how he's been hanging out with Luka Doncic in the Instagram posts. Uh, but now he's injured. Uh, Kyrie Irving came back. Things change in a week on this show a lot, man. Like from one week mm-hmm. to the next, a lot of things happen. Uh, but Kyrie Irving is back now. So uh, what's there to look forward to in Dallas, Rafael? Um, beyond the main guys, I don't think there's much to look forward to. Um, I know Jaden Hardy put up a good stat line against Utah, but let's be honest, a lot of that second half was garbage time. Um, so you can't really rely on him doing that. Um, in terms of who, who may replace Exum in the starting lineup, I think Josh Green could be that guy. Maybe you get a couple three-pointers and some defensive stats, but 
I don't know if there's enough there to kind of hang my hat on in terms of fancy addition right now. So, yeah, I don't think you're looking for it for too much. You're kind of hoping that Derek Jones Jr. plays better than he did in Utah. He's been pretty good the last few weeks. So I think if anything, kind of hoping for a bit more from him. I don't know if I would stream Josh Green, especially in a 12-game night like Wednesday. Any streaming options for you tonight, Dan, or moving forward? No, not too many. I mean, I feel like Jaden Hardy would be like, you know, 14-team type ad. Um, and that's even, as Raph said, that's not really that reliable. He, he got a hot night, you know, shooting from three. That's not going to happen all the time. I mean, his minutes, though, he has been averaging 22 minutes over his last five games. So it looks like Jason Kidd is at least trying to get him a little bit more involved in this rotation. But, you know, with Kyrie back, I, I don't suspect that that's going to hold for very long. Um, beyond that, I'd say maybe Tim Hardaway Jr., his rostering has, fell, has fallen over the last week or so. He's down to 57%. So, I mean, he might be out there in shallow leagues, but that's really if you need a three-point specialist. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be rushing to add him, but I, I agree with what Raf said. Maybe Josh Green or Jaden Hardy in a deep league. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the most interested to see what Dallas's defense is going to look like moving forward now, again, with Luka and Kyrie back out there together. That's always something that I've had trouble believing in, um, that that's going to work out be just because of, you know, what we know about them defensively and ball dominance and offense. Uh, but I want to ask you guys this, because Trey Murphy, man, he's dealing with a sore left knee. He's questionable tonight. It's the same knee he had an issue on before the season and he got an operation. Do you guys have any injuries that are nagging or anything that keeps coming up and flaring up on you? Because my lower back, man, it's been six years. Mm-hmm. I've been good for the last two, but I'm telling you, I've been working out lately, and I'm like, man, my mm-hmm. back hurts. It must be my 30s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a, uh, I'd be pulling my hamstring a little too much. Like if I got, I don't stretch right. And I'm going out there on the court, man, just a, I'll be going up for a layup. But I'd be like, ah, just, just that little, that little pinch. I'm like, all right, that's enough jump shots for, from here on out. So yeah, it's probably the left hamstring for me. Yeah. Uh, right knee kind of aggravated it working out a couple months ago. Um, but Hey, thankful for hyper ice. You know, those, those machines help. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yes. No, I definitely agree. My brother got the whole setup in his crib. I walked in after Christmas and he had a bike, weights, everything. I said, oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's why his back doesn't hurt. Mine does, apparently. Yeah. Um, take care of yourself, everybody watching. Make yep. sure you work out. Uh, not daily, at least <laughs> weekly, a few times a week. Uh, but Trey Murphy, he works out. He definitely does. Uh, but he's still dealing with a sore left knee. So the Pelicans now got some things to move forward with. Raphael, what's your opinions on him? And is there anyone worth picking up in case he does miss tonight? Um, there is concern on my part. You know, as you mentioned, had the knee operated on, you know, just before the start of the season, a meniscus injury. Now you're dealing with soreness. That's a bit of a concern. You know, I don't think it's on par with some of the other issues we've seen across the NBA, like a Markel Fultz, for example, but there's going to be some concern there. They're probably going to – I expect them to exercise caution. Maybe this preserves Herb Jones' value a bit because I thought he was starting to take a hit with Murphy being healthy, um, his ability to shoot the basketball. Even though Herb was still in the starting lineup, it's a little easier to siphon away some of those minutes that he was getting pre-Trey Murphy injuries. So I think if anything, if you have Herb Jones rostered, you hold on to him. Um 57% rosters are obviously you're not going to find him in, in deep leagues right now, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on in the short term, especially if Murphy remains sideline. Yeah, I think Herb Jones would be a great pickup if you still have him available. I'd say, um, yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if you're in a 12-team league and Herb is available, but if he is, go get him. Uh, Dan, I hurt my back by uh, hitting, hitting some of the Euro step, and then he took my legs out and I fell playing basketball. And it was on legs day, bro on leg oh. day. Um, so you know I was feeling next month. I couldn't even tie my shoe. Um, but what's up with Trey Murphy and the Pelicans? Uh, so it looks like he's he's back at practice. He's, he's shooting around. I think this just could be injury maintenance. Um, you know, he's obviously missed a portion of the season with a separate injury. So now that he's coming back, um, I, I would feel pretty good about Trey Murphy, though, man. Like, this is actually a guy that I'm going to start to try to target. And Trace, I think he's going to be ramped up as the season progresses. Um, just a really good fantasy player. The numbers may not jump off the page, but really efficient, good on defense. 
Um, he's the type of person that can really build out your back end depth of your squad. So I would take this advantage. Like if someone's worried about, you know, potentially him going on the IL or something like that, uh, maybe you can scoop him for a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Love that idea too. That's great advice. And I'm going to stick with you, Dan, here, because we're going to talk about the Sixers, your squad. You're up in here today. Um, Joel Embiid came back. I took a minus 10. They smacked up on my bulls, baby. Let's go Sixers. I was a Sixers <laughs> fan for the night. Uh, Kelly Oubre is in the lineup now. We got Batum uh, in there. DeAndre Mellon dealing with an injury. Obviously, he said Joel Embiid is back now. Um, what are you looking at as far as streaming for the Sixers? Uh, and is Nicholas Batum actually an option for you? Um, he would be an option in the right circumstances. I, I don't see those circumstances this week. Like the, the Sixers play on mainly big slates. Um, and he doesn't really do too much outside of, you know, giving you some steals and low end points and rebounds. So I, I don't love Nick Batum. I think it's really about Kelly Oubre and I doubt that he's available in most leagues. Um, actually he's at 45%. So he's probably there in, in shallow leagues. I would certainly give him a boost here now that he's moved into the starting unit. Um, he just plays better when he gets more minutes and he's starting to come on double digits in three straight. Um, he's getting the steals and, and a little low-key dimes too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Kelly Oubre if he's available on waivers. Yeah, I, I think Kelly Oubre would be a great pickup. Nick Batum uh, attempting to do his best Shane Battier impression here in Philadelphia, <laughs> in my opinion, Raphael. Uh, what do you think about pick, the pickups, the waiver wire in Philadelphia? I think Dan hit on it. You're pretty much, you know, Kelly Oubre, if he's available, you grab him. If not, then you may just look at other teams, you know, to um, – yeah to fill out your roster because Batum really isn't going to do too much because with the limited offense, you're kind of hoping for two to three steals per game and maybe a block as well. And that's not his game at this point in his career. So yeah, it's either Oubre or you just, you move on. Yep. No, totally agreed. Um, if I'm playing someone, they have Nick Batum in fantasy, I'm going to be smiling. That's all I'm saying. Um, last two weeks, we've been talking about Trey Jones and his value in fantasy. Uh, I'll stick with you, Raphael, on this one, because I know you've been harping on Trey and I uh, had some really good points on him. So are you still uh, thinking Trey Jones is someone worth keeping right now in fantasy? Um, well, with the Malachi Branham injury that he suffered during the loss to Memphis on Tuesday, it's possible he receives a slight boost, but I don't think they really care about having an actual point guard run the show at this point. So... I'm not expecting much. Like Blake Wesley got more minutes in the second half of that game, and he's a first-round pick. You know, I know they paid trade during the summer, but I don't know, man. It, God, it's good that Wimby's <laughs> as talented as he is and still able to do what he does because I don't, I don't want to call it like malpractice, but the way they've handled like the lead playmaker responsibilities down there is just. It's pretty wild to me, especially when you have a capable point guard on your roster in Trey Jones. I have to agree with that. Dan, uh, do you agree? Yeah, it's it's just – I would say it's malpractice. It's crazy that Malachi Branham and Jeremy Sohan have had more starts than Trey Jones at point guard. Trey Jones hasn't had a start at point guard. That, that's what, – what does he not? He's one of the tops in the league at assist-to-turnover ratio every year, like his brother – and he's played the team, especially Wemby, the guy that you want to develop the most, has played better with Trey Jones on the court. So just one of those frustrating situations. But, Pop, sorry, man, injuries happen. I guess we're going to force your hand here. So hopefully <laughs> Trey Jones will finally get some starts. And I think this is certainly someone you want to pick up in fantasy. He's a pretty efficient guy. Hasn't really been too much this year because he hasn't had those consistent minutes. But I think I think he's worthy of a pickup now if Branham's going to be out and Sohan's still kind of playing. Oh, actually, I've been meaning to talk about this. Sohan, have you been looking at his stats, Raph? Is he, is he, he's, is he he's an improved. I think, what was he? <laughs> is he in the last yet? two weeks? 12th round value over the last two weeks? I don't. It's not great. I mean, but look it's at the, not look great. The counting, but I, st- counting stats are solid. Yeah. I think my, my issue is that he's not really giving you the defensive stats, you know? Fair. 0.3 steals, 0.4 blocks over the last two weeks. And maybe he's just someone who's better as like a positional defender as opposed to one who's going to get stats on that end of the floor. That's that's fine. Um, I don't know. It just really doesn't move the needle for me. 
You know, it, I'm not saying he's a must add. I'm just saying he's at least I, rosterable at this point, right? Can, can I think if I, I would say this, if if we're at this point in two weeks, he would definitely be rosterable. Okay, all right. Because then you you run up to trade deadline, and after that, right. they're just going to be playing things out, and he should get more, even more opportunities than he currently has. So yeah, Kel- the Keldon Johnson watch will be hopefully started <laughs> by then. At that point, can and I then- watch? Yeah, can I watch? This <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can watch. I, I think for sure. Yeah, that, that's fair. That, that's very fair. Yeah. Watch list. Watch list. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a lot of. Uh, buy low, sell high options in San Antonio over the next two months, uh, yeah. given how their season's going. San Antonio and Detroit, way too many got, way too many bad, bad basketball teams giving us plenty of fantasy streaming options. We're going to have it all covered for you guys. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of this little promo, though, we're going to do the buy low, sell highs. Uh, I want to remind you all, don't miss a doubleheader of Big Ten basketball in the Great Lakes State this Thursday. The action starts when Penn State takes on Michigan State at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by a nightcap of Minnesota at Michigan, 9 p.m. Eastern. Both matches can be found exclusively on Peacock. Those are going to be two great games. I actually have very high hopes for uh, the Michigan Wolverines in basketball also. I think they're uh, pretty decent this year. Not as good as Purdue, obviously. Uh, real quick, Michigan or Washington college football national championship? Right answers only. Washington. Oh, I'm not going to make my comments, these guys. Uh, Let's Um, go back to basketball. It's the M. It's the M. Uh, Okay. We'll talk about. Look, man, you're going to find out why Washington was given the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in college football. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. No, they have a great offensive line. Michael Michael Penix Jr. guy. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, Michigan's been my team all year. They uh, they paid my rent two months. They paid some phone bills. Uh, they paid even a car insurance uh, bill. They paid a lot for me this year. Damn. So, um, yeah. No, I have, I'm writing an article for NBC uh, later today on my units and record for Michigan. And uh, when I looked up the record, it was uh, over 70%. That's all I'll say. And uh, well, over, well over a dozen units. I'll just say that. But uh, Michigan, my baby, is going to take on the net. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, we'll see what these guys do, though. Mikel Bridges is another M. Uh, he's, a, he's a factory worker, all right? In the last 11 games, though, you know what Mikel Bridges has done, guys? Only 16 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Not exactly what you wanted from him. His team is 2-9 and nine in that stretch. So, uh, Dan... Give me some good info on Mikel Bridges. Uh, hold him, cut him, buy low, sell high. What you doing? Uh, it's a rough patch for him, man. This is like the worst I think I've seen him uh, that I can remember a stretch of basketball for him. He's been outside the top 200 for the last two weeks. And I don't know, he just hit a rut. But I feel like the the Nets in general have hit a rut. Cam Thomas was awful last game. Um rumors are Ben Simmons is going to be practicing. I'm not saying that that's going to change the trajectory of Mikel Bridges, but maybe it gets them a little bit healthier. Um, I would definitely, excuse me, I would definitely be buying him right now. Like if you can, if anyone is selling Mikel Bridges off of this stretch, like they're insane. So if if he's on the block, go get him. I don't care what it takes. Like he's a Mm -hmm. top 30 player outside of this stretch. So yeah, I would, I wouldn't be scared to go get him if, if he's available. Yeah, Dan, you just ruined my day by bringing up Ben Simmons' name. Why do we got to keep talking about this guy on this podcast? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's, Rafael, progressing. he's progressing. We, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking forward to the same conversation for the next three years. Uh, but Mikel Bridges, uh, what about you, Raphael? Are you doing the same thing as Dan here? Yeah, if you have him, you hold. Um, if you don't have him, I'd start looking into buy low possibilities because – like Dan said, he's he's an incredibly effective player uh, when he's on his game. Um, the Nets in general have been poor these last two, three weeks. I don't think that's going to last permanently. Um, 
I did find it interesting what happened with that Bucks game where they rested a bunch of guys and pulled Bridges and a few others at the end of the first quarter. He wasn't happy about it at all. Um, so you hope that doesn't happen in future circumstances because he's a guy that they're clearly trying to build around. And I would think you'd want to keep him happy. And he's someone who wants to play all 82 games, play at a high level. Um, so hopefully that kind of keeps him safe from like load management possibilities, because I think that would be your one concern with this team, given the direction that they've been trending recently. Yeah, I do agree. He's a guy that's been pretty healthy too in his career. He plays all the time. He's available. Um, so, you know, he's always someone you can at least rely on in that degree. Um, not as much as you can't rely on Clay Thompson as much as Mikel Bridges though. And I want to ask you guys, cause last night <clears throat> I ended up going to uh, the Pitt versus North Carolina game. It was a good game for like 35 minutes, and then North Carolina just trashed them. I had a Pitt ticket, so I don't want to talk about it. But um, <laughs> I had to make some more money later that night. I lied back Clay Thompson over nine and a half points. Um, pretty happy mm-hmm. to see him have a pretty strong second half, but I'm not going to overreact and say Clay Thompson's back or out of this slump. Um, Rafael, are you? No, I think – his comments after the game are what kind of intrigued me. It felt like he's someone's dealing with like that athletic mortality that we see so many players struggle with. You know, it's like you want to be able to do it the way you did it in the past, but you just can't. And, you know, other things are required of you at this point. It felt like this is something that he's been struggling with. Um, I think he can definitely be an effective starter for them. But if you're expecting like, top 50, top 75 level production. I don't know if he's going to get to that level at this point in this season. So yeah, one game isn't going to, isn't going to make me kind of overreact to what he can potentially do moving forward. And and not even one game, it's one half. I mean, my man had three points and three fouls in the first half. That's why I had to grab him live at nine and a half points. Cause I was like, I mean, he's going to get opportunities against Orlando magic. Right. Um, but yeah, he finished with a pretty decent game, but uh, you agree with Raphael and I? We're not going to go ahead and say he's back to, to Clay Thompson yet. No, I, I listened to the post-game press conference, and it was – I think it was a, a, an interesting conversation because it sounds like him and Steve Kerr have been talking about his energy and how that may be impacting his leadership and how that looks to the younger younger players and all that. So it sounds like – I mean, he admitted that he cares about the numbers. He cares about all-star appearances, what that's going to do for his contract. So I think he's just putting – undue pressure on himself if he actually can correct that and just get his confidence back and just play ball yeah maybe we'll see him go to you know top 70 top 60 as Raph was suggesting but I think it's pretty clear that this Warriors team is different right now and I, I think something's broken there um, not with Clay specifically but I think with just everything with the chemistry the the frequent rotational changes of the starting lineup. Like there's a lot of things in motion here and they're still trying to figure it out. And Clay just hasn't been good, man. He's averaging 16 points, three rebounds and two assists like that over 30 games. Like it is what it is. So at this point, I think you hold, you get some good games out of them. Some spike games will get, you know, four or five, three pointers, 25 points, whatever. And then you just got to deal with the the floor of that because the, the floor is ugly, unfortunately, yeah. but you're not really going to find much trade value for him right now. So I think you just got to hold. If he went into a slump, like I feel like Clay was teetering on that 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 borderline of Jalen Green and RJ Barrett of like, do I hold you in 12 team for like the bad of the bad? Because it's bad. But mm-hmm. I, I think you can hold Clay. I have more confidence in Clay than those guys. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wonder, not great for Clay. I'm in, I want to see how long it takes for us to get to the point where we're dropping Clay Thompson in fantasy. Because I feel like that point is going to come this season. Um, and you know, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, is playing pretty decently. Trace Jackson Davis was getting his minutes here and there. Andrew Wiggins, double-digit points. Well, you know, same as Clay Thompson, really. So it, it's really hard to judge what you're getting from the Warriors here. I mean, as, every time I watch the game, I'm like, well, I know Steph Curry is going to score 20-something, maybe 30. And that's right. pretty much what you know <laughs> with Golden State. Um, that's right. You know, it's not as well, bad as – yeah, that's the only concept there. So, uh, yeah, I want to see how long it takes us to get you guys to drop Clay Thompson. I'm going to set out over under three and a half shows, so three and a half weeks, about February 10th, <laughs> around there. Um, we're back to a start Thompson talk, though. Uh, he got minutes, guys. Let's go. 24 minutes versus the Rockets. 
after 31 combined minutes in the three games previous. Um, so based off of that potential of minutes played, Raphael, what are we doing with him? Are we uh, holding him, cutting him, baiting him, buying him? Uh, that's what I'm struggling with. I don't think he's a buy right now, um, for sure. I have him rostered in a couple leagues. I've held on to him. I think if you can afford to hold, I would do it just because of the potential of what we may see after the All-Star break. Like At a certain point, they're just going to have to go all in on the young players. I don't know exactly when that will be, but it feels like you know after the trade deadline and after the All-Star break, that's prime time. For some of these teams, to kind of just hand the keys to the young guys and see what they can do. So, you know, he, he gave you a couple, I think a couple, either a couple steals or a couple blocks. He gave you two blocks uh, against Houston. Right now, you're pretty much hoping for the defensive production because the scoring just isn't going to be there. But for me personally, I have him, I'm holding him. But I don't know if he's someone you're going to actively seek out right now via trade. I don't know how many people are going to give up too much for Sar Thompson via trade. Yeah. So I do agree with you there. Dan, what's, what's your opinions? Um, so I feel like he's a player that I've seen dropped in 12-team leagues. I get it. If you're not in a position to hold him, totally understand it. If you're in a position to, as Rafstead said, you're, you're in a top spot, I would definitely stash him because I'm looking at the long-term play here. If you're in a position where you don't really need his production right now, and he's still, you know, sh- when he gets 20 minutes, he's still productive. So it's not like he's completely fell off the face of the earth here. Um, but I think that eventually the, the Detroit Pistons are going to make a move. Like they're going to trade Bojan Bogdanovic at some point because there's going to be a contender that's going to be needing his outside shooting at some point. So mm-hmm. being where their trajectory is going, nowhere fast, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. You might as well trade him. Hopefully that gets Asar Thompson more minutes. And the thing that I, I think is being uh, overblown is how bad he's been offensively. He's shooting above league average in two-point field goals. He's good around the rim. He doesn't need to shoot threes. Like, I get it. You got a space around Cade. But, I don't know, They could Monty Williams could be way more creative to get him into the offense. So I just think it's it's just been weird um, just trying to to kind of keep him, up, keep him alive in fantasy because Monty Williams is just so inconsistent about – how he wants to deploy him when it seemed like they were pretty good when, when, when Asar was in there, at least going towards it. Like what is, what are you going to get out of playing Alec Burks and Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman? Like what, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? Yeah, I can get James Wiseman at least, but those other two, I'm, uh, I'm out on them at this point in their careers for sure. I agree with you. It's uh, He seems like he's going to be a guy for most part of the year where he's going to play, you know, 24, 30, 27 minutes across three games. Then you're going to get to 12, 16, and 19 over the next three, and it's going to make you want to pull your hair out. Uh, but that's the uh, that's the ride with the rookie. That's what you're going to get sometimes. Um, you got to take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. So um, I love the breakdowns. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Asar Thompson plenty more on this show moving forward and as a reminder for everyone if you don't know where to find the rotor world basketball show well that's easy you find all your favorite nbc sports shows on amazon music you just had to get into amazon.com backslash nbc sports pretty easy guys uh also easy like not picking up any charlotte horns this week because they only have one game uh you probably want to avoid them might want to avoid the san antonio spurs who only played two games this week I'm just naming bad basketball teams at this point, so maybe I don't know as much as I do know. Uh, but for that, I hand the keys to Dan Titus for the rest of the Week 11 schedule. Uh, what do you got, back-to-backs and uh, everything else? Um, I was going to start with the the person that I'm – the player that I'm picking up or trying to pick up the most. That's um, Jabari Walker of the Memphis Grizzlies – or of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, he's going to be playing against Dallas twice as well as Brooklyn, and – it doesn't look like DeAndre Ayton is going to be coming back in the near term, or at least not this week. Like he keeps on getting ruled out in advance of playing. And then also Drop Reith has also been dealing with a back issue so or a knee issue, excuse me. Um, so I think Jabari Walker is going to continue to get some minutes. And he's actually quietly been one of the best offensive rebounders in the, in the league in terms of rebound percentage. And I think he's going to continue to be scrappy and, and pr- potentially provide like a low-end double-double type of uh, – type of stat line and he's good from the line. He's shooting over 78%. So I don't know, man, he's quietly having a pretty good season um, on the low, as long as there's no one else playing in the front court of Portland. So he's my sneaky ad. Another one in a deep league, if you're looking for some three point shooting, some sneaky assistant steals, 
Luke Kennard, the Memphis Grizzlies, play three more games. Um, he's getting 20, mid-20s minutes right now, and I feel like they're kind of selling in as Memphis is getting better with Ja, getting uh, you know their chemistry back. He's going to be a person that can definitely help stretch the floor. So I think Luke Kennard could actually be useful. Um, see, Jaden Ivey also is like – he's like around 55% rostered. I would give him a shot because at least he's in the rotation now over Killian Hayes and Marcus Sasser is not getting any minutes. Me and Raph know why that is, and it p- continues to piss us off. But Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. ride with him for now. Um, and I think uh, after that, I think Malik Beasley, if he's out there on waivers, I think he's around 40% rostered. The Milwaukee Bucks have a back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday, so it's against the Indiana Pacers, high-paced team, and then you get the Spurs, which is they play no defense. So I think uh, Malik Beasley could actually have a nice little couple-game stretch there. Yeah, no, that's that's a great call. Um, you know, I was going to say impressed with the Jabari Walker call. Rafael, you got to try and top that. But the Malik Beasley one, that's actually a, uh, a great spot for him to get plenty of points, three-pointers, assists, yeah. maybe a few steals mm-hmm. in there as well. Uh, Rafael, what you got for week 11? Um, I think Orlando. Uh, I'm watching their center rotation. Uh, they play three more games this week, the first being on Wednesday, second game of a back-to-back in Sacramento. The last two games, they started Gogo Bitadze at center, uh, brought Wendell Carter Jr. off the bench. Wendell scored 17 that first game, then put up a dud against the Warriors on Tuesday. If they stick with this, because Goga's a far better rim protector than Wendell Carter Jr., and I think that's what the starting unit kind of needs. If they stick with this, he's only 20% rostered, three more games this week. I feel like he's worth a roll of the dice here. Um, of course, they have all three bigs there, so the, the minutes may be limited. But I think the blocks potential and the rebounds for Goga Batadze make him worth a look right now. Um, another guy I, I kind of like here. Let's see here. Yeah, we kind of touched on everyone else. I think maybe Cleveland with Karis LeVert, three more games to play this week. I think he's been picked up in a good number of leagues at this point, so I don't know if you're going to be able to find him outside of shallow leagues at this stage. But, yeah, I think the big one I'm going with, well, Karis is at 46%, so he's going to be out there in some standard leagues. Go with him three more games. I think Goga Batadze is going to be the big one for me in terms of like a deep league type of guy right now. I absolutely love that. I felt like he's been playing pretty well when he has the opportunity. Uh, Dan, is there anyone you want to mention uh, that Raphael hit on at all? Um, or anything else? No, you I, I like the go. I like the Google call. Um, that was definitely something I was watching, just because, like, I feel like we we talked about Orlando having a big man problem last year. I think they still have mm-hmm. a big man problem now because Goga Batazzi has been better than Wendell Carter, and Wendell Carter's coming off an injury, sure, but like. Um, I feel like Goga is, is the better player right now, so he's that's why he's playing. So what that does for Mo Wagner and how Wendell Carter and him kind of split, uh, something to watch for sure. But I think you, if, if Goga continues to start, I agree with him. He's got he's got to be picked up, especially for his block potential. Yeah, very key. The stocks uh, always underrated department there in fantasy basketball. Um, but it's been a very knowledgeable show from the both of you guys. Uh, so now it's time to have a little bit of fun, right? We had we had a little fun, but let's have a little more fun moving forward. Let's do the white elephant gifts for 2024, something we previewed for the show. And uh, if no one knows what a white elephant gift is, it's basically you just giving uh, someone a random gift and they have no idea what it is. You could do it in a form of if you could put stuff in a hat and pull it out of a hat and that's your gift. Or you could get them something they really want. And you know what, Raphael? I tried to get you something that you really wanted. But I'm a terrible Christmas shopper. I want to throw that out there for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all my Christmas shopping the week before Christmas. And everything either can't get there or it's too expensive. So I pivot. <laughs> Shy Gilts Alexander, MVP odds. Too expensive, man. Uh, they got down to $10 to win 40 No one wants to do that. Yeah. Uh, Chet Holmgren, $240 to win 100 That's the odds on him to win rookie of the year crazy no one wants that either so uh i did you something better man i'm gonna show you this gift i got you ten dollars to win 300 for rafael it's the milwaukee bucks to win the east and the oklahoma city thunder to win the west Hmm. merry christmas and happy holidays that's all yours rafael how's that make you feel thank you yeah that's making you feel good (laughs) 
I think they both have a chance. I think Milwaukee's chances of winning the East maybe slightly higher than Oklahoma City in the West, but I've been really impressed with the Thunder have done this far. So, hey, I'll take I'll take that parlay. It's uh, yeah, it is the best odds I could find. It was either uh, that or ten to win two thousand on the Knicks first Thunder. What were your thoughts on that? I'd like to see it happen, but that's kind of I don't think it will. So. A donation. Yeah. <laughs> It's a donation. Yeah, no, the uh, the Bucks are the favorite in the East right now, so they're looking pretty good. Okay. And uh, and for Dan, uh, Dan, you know, I wanted to give you something Philadelphia, right? But similar situation, right? Joel MVP, Joel MVP, excuse me. Uh, he's now the favorite. His odds aren't that good. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, favorite for uh, for most improved player. Um, so you know, we have to spice it up for you. So yours was going to be ten to win seven hundred. But I gave you 10 to win 690 because, of course, goes without saying, better number. <laughs> uh, I gave you the Sixers to win the East with the Lakers to win the West. Little Joel Embiid versus AD and LeBron action. Uh, how does that make you feel? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I would love that matchup, and thank you. That is that is awesome. Wow, I'm actually surprised that that would get that substantial odds, and I'm a Philly guy, and I don't – suspect that we would ever get to the championship so yeah that, that, i think that actually makes sense now that i think about it um love that love that i love the philly lakers matchup that'd be dope yeah i thought that was uh not only good terms of viewership but also in terms of odds yeah. i still have high hopes for the lakers still think the sixers in a seven game series will compete with most teams in the east and i thought it was very interesting that the bucks and thunder have you know double the odds uh as far as better chance of making the finals than the Sixers and Lakers, uh, which I thought was, you know, insane. But uh, the Thunder are really, really balling. Uh, so, yeah, I tell that I threw five bucks on both. So uh, I'm rooting for the Thunder versus Bucks and Sixers versus Lakers with both you guys. So uh hope you guys oh, enjoyed yeah. your gifts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great, man. Um, all right, so I'll give mine. Mine are not – I'm also not a good gift giver. And a lot of this was – predicated on like all right what teams do you like what have we been talking about so i think it's funny that you brought up the thunder and you're so high on them because raf i got you the most clutch uh clutch player of the year award three and a half to one for shea gilgis alexander and i was thinking about doing tyrese halliburton but the reason he was six to one the reason i didn't choose him is because i think that the thunder are going to be better and he's going to have more national spotlight to actually get in those clutch moments and he's also really good in the clutch anyway. So, Raf, that's my gift to you. I put 50 on that for you. And then thank you for Vaughn. Given, I actually had to do this live, given the situation, I feel oh, bad for your dead Emmanuel quickly bet. Um, <laughs> I bought you some shares in Austin Reeves. So let's okay. go Austin Reeves. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got him at three to one uh, to win the uh, sixth man of the year. So, I just I watched a report earlier today. Darvin Ham is not going to be putting him into the starting lineup, so it's not dead yet. So we'll we'll go with that. Not dead yet. I actually don't hate that. Um, you know, Austin Reeves to me, guy that plays extremely hard. He can go out to get you anywhere between twelve to twenty points each given night. Also, uh, assist game, he's got that too. Now a D'Lo going to the bench that makes it very interesting. Um, two with Reeves, so uh, I love that. Thank you, Dan. I would not. I would probably have not picked out Austin Reeves myself, and that's the best gift when you get gifts from people, something you would not have picked out for yourself, but you end up liking. So thank yeah, you. I, I, like that. I feel like the Lakers are going to make their Laker run thing, and Austin Reeves is going to have a moment. I don't know. Hey, I feel like he's like the, the underdog story. Everyone wants to vote for that one that one white dude, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Let's not. Come on, man. I'm Let's already – Come on. I'm I'm scarred from last year's MVP conversation, so I don't want to hear any of that crap, man. Oh my god, uh, Raphael, come on! We know you're the best gift right. giver here, and we know you thought the most thought into this out of the three of us. Yeah, the exact opposite. I'll get y'all gift cards <laughs> if I could. Um, but... Amazon. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd go with like no, no, Hat Club or, or New Era. You know, oh, get dope, some good right. hats in there, but um. Vaughn, you know, we've talked about the Bulls and your seemingly desire to watch them lose. So my gift for you will be, it's actually a two-part gift. One, they will be trading Zach Levine to the Lakers. So yes. you can get your 
get your future franchise cornerstone Cam Reddish in return. Um, and that will lead to the Chicago Bulls winning the NBA draft lottery. Um, Ooh. Yes. So there's Ooh. your gift. Um, and then Dan, I looked up the odds on this. Um, part of it's going to have to be this team playing better than they have been recently. I will give you a $10 ticket on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl at plus 1,200 odds. Hmm. They haven't been like you know they haven't been playing up to that standard recently, but I mean ten dollars on a plus twelve hundred ticket. I don't think that's a terrible. Yeah, you lose ten dollars, uh, so be it. Hey, but if you win, I'm riding with the birds, man. You're giving yeah. me newfound optimism because it wasn't looking go. good a week ago. <laughs> yeah, so we'll give you that, and the other gift will be. I don't know what the odds are for this, but a ticket for Tyrese Maxey Most Improved Player Award. Okay. I think I like you should it. be one of the favorites for that. So those are my gifts to you guys. Um, the latest Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that good stuff. Thank you, Raphael. Yeah. Love that. What are your thoughts, God, Dan? I definitely, you, uh... I definitely have the worst <laughs> gifts, for sure. No, <laughs> give some no. more gifts in there. And it's coming a little no. later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been there. I did that before. That was me last year. Uh, this year, my I, I was cracking up. Raphael said uh, Amazon gift cards because my fam is like, "What do you want?" And I was no, like, I, "I didn't say that." And they were like, "They all huh? no, I didn't say that. He said that. Don't slander me like that." Oh, said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to, man. Why wouldn't you? Everybody buys from Amazon, man. Like, oh, yeah, get I you mean, some. Totally. Yeah, I, I literally I, I told all my family members just give me cash <laughs> if you give me anything, and they all gave me Amazon gift cards, and I'm like, right. "Dang it, I'm still gonna spend it. I'm still gonna use it." Uh, but yeah, no, that was fun. Fellow, we all have great gifts. Um, I could always pull for a Philadelphia team and, uh, the Thunder are a fan favorite of this podcast as well. So, uh, well done guys all across the board. And, uh, Adam, we didn't forget about you. We're going to have to get you something, right? Um, I was thinking we should do a Wizards versus Nuggets NBA for now. I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll get you something (laughs) I got one. We're, we're getting Leonsis out of there, bro. Yeah. That's a, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. He said, please, all caps. Uh, we got him. Uh, I appreciate you guys as always, man. It was a great episode, as we always do every week, every Wednesday, Road Road Basketball Show. It's Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports, Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, and myself, Von Delzell, along with producer Adam Wise uh, behind the scenes. Great episode, gentlemen. Happy holidays to everybody that watch us live. Uh, Have a safe day and enjoy your NBA slate all week and weekend. See you next Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.